things first. This is about truth telling. I have no agenda. Zero. I always have questions. What's the problem? That's just who I am. This is what no mercy is all about. Hey, here I come. You can book it. Ah. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Breath taking a move that I make. I give it everything I got. Cause that what it takes. I push the limit till it break. The heart of the brave. The soul of a legend with the will to be great. Hold up. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the latest edition of No Mercy with yours truly, Stephen A. Smith, coming at you as I love to do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday over the airwaves or wherever you can find your podcast. You'll find No Mercy with Stephen A. Smith, a minimum of every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very, very least. Coming at you from my home studio, we're here in the studio thanks to our official studio sponsor, FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is the official sports betting company of the No Mercy podcast. Never did this before. Never had two parts to a podcast. Aired on separate days, obviously. But it was necessary in light of the podcast we posted just a couple of days ago. Stephen A. Smith, yours truly, sitting down with four-time NBA champion Draymond Green of the Golden State Warriors. Spoke eloquently. Spoke intimately. uh, With heartfelt emotions about the ordeal that he went through and has gone through throughout this season, um, stemming from the aftermath of uh, his confrontation with Jordan Poole, where he damn near knocked him out. A teammate he loved, a teammate who loved him, who trusted him, etc. All of those things happened. Draymond Green talked extensively about that, didn't hold anything back. And he had so much to say. And I certainly didn't want to interrupt him or cut him short. That in fairness to him and to this audience, I felt it was only right to hear the interview in its entirety in two parts to make sure we gave it the time and the justice it was due. So here is part two of my interview with Golden State Warriors champion Draymond Green. How soon was it before you actually spoke to Jordan Poole? To his face. I think I, I spoke to the team like a couple of days after, like either the next day or the day after. You know what's crazy is I told Steph and them right, right after it happened, like I was in the locker room and everybody came in there and like, it was, it was crazy. And I told him like, I want to talk to the team. At that moment, I already knew I was wrong. And they were like, ah, it just happened. We don't think if you said something to the team right now that they would believe it's true. And I said, if I'm going to say something, you better believe it's true and that's how I feel. I, I'm not going to say anything for, like, for somebody to understand me like, or like, try to get somebody to see my point of view. No, I just have something I want to say real quick and I, 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 I'm out the way. But they were like, no, we don't think you should. And then I spoke to him, I think the next day maybe. And I said the same thing I felt I would have said the day before. And then I think he and I maybe talked like a few days after that. Um, 
face to face a few days after that when when he was ready to sit down and talk face to face but like i told him i'm not i'm not in a space or a position to tell you we should sit down and talk but just know i want to talk to you whenever you're ready to have that conversation because it's not up to me like i did the bullshit i can't decide like oh now we got to talk like I mean, that's just very narcissistic, stupid, and idiotic. And so I, I, I'm I, like, yo, like, I would love to talk to you. Like, whenever you're ready, whenever you want to talk, like, I want to talk to you. And I'm going to keep coming to you and trying and checking. And what in. did he say? And what did he, he didn't want to talk. And I understood that, mm-hmm. you know, and he didn't want to talk. And when he said he, did, he didn't want to talk yet, and I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I'm going to keep coming to you and trying. And whenever you're ready to talk, we'll sit down and talk. Um, but it's not on me to say, yo, let's go talk. Like, you don't, you don't, you lose that privilege. Like, I had that right. privilege in his life. Like, yo, I need to talk to you about something. I lost that privilege. And so it, it was no longer on me. Uh, right. We're going to sit down and talk. But when y'all, I'm assuming y'all finally did at some point, he was ready to talk. When that happened, what did he say to you? I, I I won't I won't share everything that he said because I think that's very personal to him and he should be able to to tell his own story. Um yeah. and so I won't I won't tell his story. I but what I will say is um I left that conversation even more bothered than I went into it. Like I went into that conversation very bothered. Because um and I left it even more bothered. I left the conversation more bothered because that dude trusted me. You know, like that dude believed in me. That dude allowed me to guide him. And like, if I felt nothing else in, in, in if I felt nothing else in that, uh, in the conversation with him, if I felt nothing else, I felt his confusion. If I felt nothing else, right? Now, I felt remorse, hurt, bothered, like you name it. But if I felt none of those things, what I 100% felt was his confusion. And to be quite honest with you, I understood it because Man, Jerry Jack raised me up in this league. Jermaine O'Neal raised me up in this league. If they did that to me and I was his, like, what What the hell would I think? Like, these dudes been showing me the rope. They take me to dinner. They go somewhere. They take me with them. They teaching me the game. If one of them did that to me, what, what would I think? And so I had to, like, put myself in those shoes. Not that me and Jordan are the same. Not that we re- react to anything the same. We're not. But. What would I think? Like, where would my mind be if my OG did that to me? I may even be more understanding than Jordan was, although I think he handled it, man, as as good as anybody could have handled it. Like, the embarrassment that he had to go through, staying professional, like, he handled it well, man. And I applaud him for his maturity in the situation. He was way more mature in the situation than I was. But I I just left there like, what if one of them did that to me? What would I be thinking? Mm. I think I'd be looking exactly how he was thinking. Like, what What do you think? Got you. Got you. Um, 
Draymond Green, the four-time champion for the Golden State Warriors, the leader, definitely the vocal leader of this team in a lot of people's eyes. How did it affect you as a leader of the team coming into this season, knowing what happened? It affected me a lot because, number one, what you have to understand in something like that is how people hear your voice. So when you're speaking to someone, if you're speaking, you should always aim to understand how people hear your voice. And I am always very conscious and aware of how someone hears my voice, whether it's my team, uh, whether it's my kids, um, whether it's my friends, whether it's the public. If I want something to come off a certain way, I'm going to say it a certain way. If I want something to come off a different way, I'm going to say it a different way. And so I'm always aware or try to be aware. None of us can ever be so sure, but I always try to be aware of how people hear my voice. And because of that situation, in my own mind, I could be right, could be wrong. In my mind, the team wouldn't hear my voice the way they're supposed to hear my voice. I didn't think so. I didn't believe so. Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. Could be personal guilt because I do have some of that as well. You know, so could be personal guilt. But in my mind, I'm like, yeah, they're not really going to hear my voice the way they need to hear my voice. And so because they're not going to hear my voice, I'm just not going to say it. And so a lot of things that, you know, um, I wouldn't allow to go on the team or, you know, a lot of things that I may correct or I kind of just took a back seat for a majority of the season because of just being uncertain of how they're going to hear my voice. And then also, well, go ahead. No, I was going to ask you, as we sit here taping this podcast right now, y'all are 500 team. If somebody said that's primarily because the Draymond Green has been the quintessential leader that we've known him to be throughout his career in Golden State, hasn't been able to be that guy this year because of what happened with the Jordan Poole situation. And that's why we sit here as a 500 club right now. What would you say to that question? What would you say to that assertion? I would say they're 100% correct. I don't shy away from that at all because when things are great and we win a championship, you know, who gets credit for being the vocal leader and being the person behind it that's driving all of that from a leadership standpoint, you know, who get that credit? Me. So you cannot take it when it ain't good. You can't say, oh, well, now that we 21 and 21, that ain't on me. But when we win it and it's going great, that's all me. No, sir. Can't do that. And so I would say from that standpoint, they're 100% correct. I would also say from a totally different standpoint, they're 100% correct, which is some of the slippage that we've had. Coach Kerr is incredible. Great. What Steve brought to us, teaching us how to like how to truly be winners, 
great. His Steve's in Steve's in series adjustments in a playoffs unbelievable. are uh, insane. Unbelievable. They're unbelievable, man. His in series adjustments they're unbelievable. I've never seen him fail yet. Unbelievable, man. So I said all of that to say, Steve, um, there are certain things on a basketball team that a coach just won't be able to get across to a team. And it does not make that coach any less great than they are. There are certain things that has happened with this team that he hasn't been able to get across and he won't be able to get across. And it does not minimize his greatness. But you're going to find me any great coach that won championships, and I'll show you the leader on that team that was standing, helping do that job on the floor, in the locker room, on the bus, when the coach not around. You know, all of those things, I'll show you that guy on that team because you have to have that. Because a coach can't go on the floor. And so there's just certain things that happen on the floor that a coach won't be able to feel. You can only feel it if you're playing. And that's been my role here forever. That's been pretty much obsolete. That's a very big role. Mm. It's very important to win it. Most teams don't win because they don't have that. LeBron James has won so many times because he is that, right? Like Steph Curry is a version of that, but I'm the vocal side of it. You know, like Steph Curry going to come to us and say, yo, this is what we need to do, blah, 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 blah. I see this this way, boom, right? And I'm going to be like in it, like, hey, man, like what the hell are we doing? Like mm. all the other stuff, you know? Like that's my role. And so, you know, you look at – um. I mean, you can go down the list. Like Kyle Lowry, when Toronto beat us, you know, like you need that. And so we have not had that. And in large part due to me and not feeling that my voice will be heard the way it needs to be heard. And then also being like, and, and also being aware in the moment and understanding that you got to work back to that, man. Like, I don't feel like nothing Like nothing is given, man. Respect is earned. Mm -hmm. And you did something. You did something to lose some respect. That's just point blank, period. Some people lost some respect for me. And you have to gain respect. I don't just think you get respect back like that just because you're ready or you want it. Like, no, you got to do. You got to go through steps to gain that respect back. And for me, I'd rather commit myself to going through the steps of gaining that back than just trying to talk and be like, oh man, like this is what needs to be done and blah, 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 because then you never get it back. And then they, you, you get a deaf ear and, and it's a wrap. This is the moment of a lifetime. Uh -huh. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high? Well, I will say this to you. Uh, just a few more questions before I let you get on out of here. Thank you for all the time that you've given me, my brother. But I got to ask you this question because I'm thinking about you're entering a year where you can opt out of your contract. You're looking for a new long-term deal. 
When that first happened with you and Jordan Poole, there were people that speculated this might be it for Draymond because of Jordan Poole. But there were people before the Jordan Poole incident who were saying that might be it for Draymond because he's going to want a long-term extension. He believes he's worthy of a long-term extension. Most people think he deserves the long-term extension, but the Warriors and those luxury tax numbers got to be taken into consideration. When you take all of those things into account, Draymond, if you don't resurrect yourself to the leader that you once were prior to the Jordan Poole incident, one could argue that's not going to help your case to get in the long-term contract that you that that you want and you richly deserve. What do you say to that? How do you how do you manage your way through that? Because I know you want a new contract. Well, Stephen A, we have a very finite time to do what we're doing. Um, I'm 32 years old. If I'm being honest, I don't want to play basketball until I'm 40. Okay. I really want to play basketball for another four years after this. I've always said my magic number is 15. Once I get to 15, that's it. I'm cool. Go enjoy my life. Go on to my next thing. Leave it to the young guys to take it from there. And like P. Meyer said, hopefully I left it in a better place than it was when I found it. I don't, I don't have interest in playing t- 20 years of NBA basketball. Just not what I yearn to do. Mm-hmm. I've been very fortunate and lucky and blessed to have the career that I've had, to have the opportunities that I've had to play in the best professional sports league in the world. But I understand that that has an end date. And I personally can tell you that end. It's up to me. I feel like over the last year or so, not even with the job, just over the last, it's become more and more evident to me that 15 is the right number. Reason being, Stephen A., I've talked so much shit to so many guys on the basketball court. (laughs) I can't be one of the guys lagging around (laughs) at the end of my career lagging. Like, yo, I'm just out here collecting the check. I can't be that guy because everything that I've dished out is going to come right back. And so I don't want to be one of those guys that's like just still around. And I feel like I know for sure I got four great years left in my body. Like, I know that for certain. I can feel it in my, like, I, I know how I feel. And so I'm like, I got four. I got four great years left, and for me, I've always been very good at. If I set this goal, I'm going to do everything that I have to do and that I know I can do to get to that goal. And so for me, setting that end date is beautiful because I'm like, oh, I got four more summers of working like this. Let me kill myself these four summers for working like this. And once I get to 15, that's it. I, I'm getting to that goal. I'm done. Okay. And so I said all of that to say. Of course, I want to get another long-term contract. That takes me right to the end of my career. Thank you so much, Adam Silver, Michael Levine, Joe Dumars, Mark Tatum, Joe Laker, Peter Goober, Bob Myers, Steve Kerr, 
Steph Curry, Klay Thompson. It has been an incredible run. The city of San Francisco, Oakland, the town took me in as their own. Thank you so much. It's been an amazing run. Maybe you do feel like I can still play some more after seeing me in year 15. It's been great. I thank you. I'm still here. I'm a warrior for life. But my time here is done. My time is, is done. And so I want that contract. And if someone said to me that that's going to affect that contract, I would say you're possibly right. And that's what I have to live with. But I still got to stay due to my process, work through my process of gaining that back, not just jumping okay. back in it because I'm taking advantage of an opportunity and saying, oh, well, the team needed so I can just jump back in. Well, let me. No, you got to earn that. Let chance. me throw a different scenario by you, Draymond. Suppose they over the Jordan Poole joint, the, the Jordan Poole deal, and that's passed, and they've moved forward. But they say, Draymond, you're not what you used to be, and we don't trust that this investment that you want from us is worth it for us to invest in you for the next four years. If the Golden State Warriors were to say that about you, how would that make you feel? Where would you want to go if you couldn't play in a Golden State uniform with your brothers, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, unquestionably the greatest shooting backcourt in the history of basketball? How would that make me feel? Um, I'd be salty and hurt because, I mean, I've been here 11 years, like, I don't, I don't know anything outside of the state of Michigan. Growing up in Saginaw for 18 years, four years at Michigan State, went straight to the Bay Area. I don't know anything outside of that. I guess I've traveled. I've, you know, got a home in other places. But I don't know anything as far as my livelihood goes outside of those three places. I'd be a fool if I didn't want to stay here for the next four years and finish just the way we started. Because I know we're still going to win. Like, I know that. Like, I, I know we're still going to win. So, I'd be a fool to just be like, yeah, no, nah, that ain't it. Like, no, 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 no. No, you don't just, when you have a, one of my OGs used to tell me, if you go somewhere and you catch a great vibe, don't or a good vibe, don't leave that vibe chasing a better vibe. So, you're going to go to this spot. Y'all dancing, you caught a vibe, y'all kicking it in there, it's a good time. And then you're like, oh, this other spot going on, now I'm going to go over there. Man, 19 of the 20 times you do that, the first spot that you caught the vibe back going to outlive that second spot. So what do I say? What do I mean by that? Man, it's been so great here. The things that we've accomplished together, it's been absolutely amazing. Not only myself, Steph, Clay, Andre, not only us as players, but Steve Kerr is a first-time coach. Bob Myers as a first-time GM. Peter Goober and Joe Lacob as new owners when, when, when we all came in. Steph Curry, they bought the team right a year after he was drafted. Klay Thompson, the year he was drafted. They had the team a year before I was drafted. We all did this together. Like, we all have grown to who we've become together. Joe didn't, Joe didn't make the Golden State Warriors the Golden State Warriors. Peter didn't make the Golden State Warriors without us doing what we're doing. 
we didn't, we weren't able to do what we do without them being an incredible ownership group and giving us the resources we needed. Bob Myers being the mastermind that he is and putting the pieces around us to amplify what we were, we're, what we're great at. And then Steve Kerr being the mastermind and the winner that he is. Let's forget some X's and O's. There's a lot of coaches good at X's and O's, but there ain't no, ain't many winners in NBA history like Steve Kerr. Not, without him being that without and who he is like like and being who he is and like and then winning more championships as a coach like we all have grown into who we've become all together i'd be a fool to say oh man i just want to leave that i don't like that's crazy we built this thing together but if they want you to leave but if they want you to leave by virtue of not wanting to pay you i do understand the business I do understand that we got a luxury tax bill bigger than any team in NBA history. I do understand that. I do understand where we are as far as the rosters goes. We got our experienced guys. We got young guys. I understand all of those things. I study this business. No disrespect to CJ McCullough. He's the, I'm just using, yeah, I'm just sure. using this as a, Analogy. I uh, I study this business more than CJ McCollum. He's the president of the NBA Players Association. Mm -hmm. Probably that that could not be true, but you get my point. It's like it's his role to the players to study this and do this and be in all the time to make sure the players get the best, what they need, the best deal, blah, blah, blah. That's his job. I study this like that because I want to know the business that I'm in. So I understand all of that stuff, Stephen A. And I understand that the decision of keeping me may come down to more than just if they want me there or not. It may come down to money, right? But what I do know is this. If someone wants you bad enough, if someone feels you're valuable enough, they're going to do what they have to do to make that work. And so for me, I would say if they, if they said, well, I don't think you can get back to that, I would say, have I have I ever not got back to that? Have I have I have trusted me this long? Has it been beneficial for you? So you probably want to bet on what you know. Mm. You know, like you know that I get back to that. You know that that's who I am. You know that's who I enjoy being. Nice. You should probably trust in what you know. That's what I would say back. But also, like mm. I said, understanding that there's a total, there's a business side to this. That could, I don't know, it's not me writing a check, that mm-hmm. could outweigh all of that. I don't know. I, I got a few rapid-fire questions uh, uh, to throw at you before I let you get on out of here. I can't imagine there's a person alive that loves or wants to play with Steph Curry more than you. Uh, nobody has a greater appreciation for the greatness of Steph Curry than you. Um, if you were not playing with Steph Curry, who's the one player in the NBA that you'd want to be a teammate of? If I wasn't playing with Steph Curry, the one person that I would want to be a teammate of, um, man, is this going to get me fined for tempering? You know, they got me once. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. What, 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 what. Well, don't answer it then because I don't want to take no money out your pocket. I don't want to take no money out your pocket. I don't, I don't, know, if get, I don't know if it'll get me fined. People say stuff like that all the time, but I got dinged once, man. They hit me for a 
fifty k, Stephen A. No, 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 no. Don't answer it then. Don't that answer. Add, it. Added, do do that not added, answer it. That added to my over million. <laughs> that added to over my one million dollars in fines in my NBA. Oh career. my goodness. Oh my goodness. Top the, the, the top the top five basketball IQs in the NBA in your estimation. <clears throat> LeBron James, Chris Paul. Myself, Luca, Luca, okay, Joker, okay. <clears throat> I also have to put in that mix, though. I also have to put in that Marcus Smart, smart as hell too, man. Yeah, Marcus yeah. Smart, he he live yeah. up to the name. Marcus Smart, smart as hell. He's super smart. Like I enjoy playing against him. I enjoy playing against him. And there's one other guy that's on his way, mm-hmm. but he has to make sure. His athleticism don't move him away from that. And I'm starting to see a little bit of that, and I I hope it's not the case because early on, he was very on his way to that, and that's John Moran. Okay. Like, I I hope he don't fall so deep into the love of the athleticism. Like, you could tell that you could tell T really taught Ja the game. Like, coming into the league, I'm playing against Ja, and, like, he making plays and I'm doing stuff. And I realized, like, yo, I think this dude out here playing chess with me, man. Like, mm. I'm doing this. He he do that. Like, then I call this. He he call a set. And I'm like, I think this dude out here playing chess with me. And keep playing against him. And I'm like, oh yeah, he he out here playing chess, man. He 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 got it. He got it up there. Okay. And you know, everyone has fallen so in love with his athleticism that I hope he don't take that and just go try to be athletic all the time. Like, nah, man, you smart. And with that athleticism, so. Him and Marcus Smart will be in there, you know, somewhere, but I, those five has proven it. John Morant, Marcus Smart, Luca, you, LeBron, Chris Paul, and Jokic. That's yeah. the names that I got. Yeah. Favorite season, favorite season from your Warriors dynasty run? Favorite season from my Warriors dynasty run was uh... – My favorite season was 2017. Um, 2015 was incredible. Kevin Durant's first year? Yes, because the reason that was my favorite season was because it started off a little shaky. Like, we had to figure it out. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't like, Mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't dialed. And so it started off, and we had to figure some stuff out. And at the beginning, once we figured it out, Christmas Day, and then going into we played the Cavs and we lost. And after that, we figured it out. It was just a matter of time. Count down the dates of the date to the date that we could win a championship. Not like, oh, man, I wonder who we're going to play or we may. No, we were just counting down the, to the date that we can win. It was January 9th. We were, and, and we were counting down to the date. We knew we were winning a championship. And I think we ended up going five that year with Cleveland, but that, that was my favorite year. LeBron James arrived in Miami and his first time in Miami during that, uh, and when him, D-Wade, and Bosch were on stage, he said not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven. If you take, if you take Kevin Durant in the years that he's been gone from you guys to Brooklyn, I think this would mark the seventh season. He would have been in Golden State had he elected to stay. How many championships would y'all have won with Kevin Durant? Well, in total for us, 
uh, at, at least six. I mean, at least five, possibly six. The reason I say that is because we would have lost in 2019. Him and Clay got hurt. Kevin comes back. If Kevin comes back that following year, like, I think Kevin was ready to go in, like, January or February that year. Kevin comes back that following year, but Clay's still out, you know? Gotcha. So, like, we could possibly win with Clay still out, maybe, but it's hard to win without Clay. It's real hard to win without Clay. What Clay brings to the team, it's really hard to win without Clay. But say if we possibly pulled it off, then that will possibly make six, but for sure five. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high? 2016, I often bring this up. The NBA gave the league, the NBA gave the Cavaliers a stimulus package when you got suspended for game five. I had picked y'all to win in five. I said y'all gonna win game four in Cleveland, which y'all did. You're going to come back, you're going to close them out in five, but you got suspended in that game because you and LeBron got into a tussle in game four. You got suspended the following game, and obviously Bogut and Iguodala got hurt in that game five, Mm -hmm. and then Cleveland came back from a 3-1 deficit and won games five, six, and seven, obviously. If you don't get ejected or suspended for game five, does LeBron James have four championships on his resume or three? No chance. They weren't beating us. Just like they never beat us again. Okay. There were no chance they would beat us. They were done in five. Mm. They were totally done. They were, they were we, we would have wiped them. And I would have won finals MVP. But it happened. And they won it. So kudos to them. But no chance. They weren't beating us. No way they were beating us. They were toast. They, they, I, of course they was toast. Of course they, they was toast. toast. I don't care what anybody said. I've been saying that for years. It was absolute toast. Last question. Toast. Number one rule change you would make in the league if you could, either on or off the court. What would that rule change be, Draymond Green? The number one rule change that I would make. Ooh, that's a tough one because I get one. Ooh. I think the number one rule <laughs> change. more than one. <laughs> the number one rule change that I'll make. <clears throat> the number one rule change that I would make would be an off the court thing. Because okay. I, I can't, it's hard for me to pick one on the court because that's singling out one issue and there's a few or four or five. Mm-hmm. Yep. The one rule that I would change would be when guys get technical files or suspensions or fines, that it wouldn't be it wouldn't be heard by essentially the same person that gave it to you. So like mm. if I get a tech, my appeal is going to the league who employs like the refs. Like, you know, it's like and so, yeah. Like to expect that they're going to take our side, like you have to be so blatantly clear that you didn't deserve a tech to like 
or or it's pretty much just the word of the referee. And they're human beings. You know, like when you're a human being, you have you have personal feelings towards people. Like they may be good, may be bad, but you have them. You know, and I think for me as a player, like the one thing that I do understand with referees is like, no, they, they do have personal feelings towards people. And they're human beings. How do you expect them not to? You know, and so in understanding all of that, like I, I get that. But your appeal, would, like our appeals wouldn't just like, if I get suspended or fined, like then it's just the same process for the appeal. Mm. And I think to me, that's like, that's one that I would change. Because I think, you know, like I said, I've been fined over a million dollars. So that, yeah. you know, that's a big one. That's a big one for me. Like, Stephen, I got fined. I got fined the whole game check. A, a game check, which was at that time probably was like almost $200,000 for missing game five of the NBA final. But I don't get played. To, I don't get paid to play in the NBA finals. Like I get like a $200,000 bonus if we win the championship. But I lost a game check for a game that being suspended for a game that I'm technically not even able to play, like not even paid to play in. Yeah. Right. Like, but I can't call them and say, y'all just took 200 grand away from me for, for a game mm-hmm. that I'm not even paid to play in. It's not like it's a regular season game where I'm mm-hmm. actually paid 190th at the time to like play. Mm-hmm. I'm not paid to play in this game. I'm going to lose a check for not being in it. There's guys that have been at home well, for what about people? months. Well, well, what about people say that's an incentive to keep you cool? What do you say to that? I mean, clearly, I mean, I didn't think I deserved suspension anyway. I didn't even make contact, and I got upgraded to a flagrant file. Like I, I totally agree with you. You got thrown contact. to the floor by LeBron. Yeah. You got slammed to the floor by LeBron. I didn't and feel you deserved that either. Off of me. I didn't. Right. Now I can't defend you with Stephen Adams. Now can't defend you. I can't defend you kicking up your leg. I can't defend that. Uh, that that, you know that leg still <laughs> that, that leg still goes in the air. He just don't happen to be over me. But that that's just my anatomy. Yeah, that leg just, still goes up in there. But oh no, no, no problem. No problem. Yeah, but yeah, you know, yeah, for, yeah. It's I'm like, just saying as a man, you know, I'm just saying as a man, a cardinal rule, don't even go in that area. <laughs> don't I, even go I, in I that area. <laughs> but also check this out, Stephen A. <laughs> I got I got deeds right? for Stephen Adams because of the first one that happened when I was just going up for a layup and my when you jump off your left leg, your right knee is gonna go yeah. up on a layup and he was over me. So then they're like, oh, that's one. Now this is two. No, it's not. But I take that on gotcha. the chin. It is what it is. I it, I live with it, whatever. But that's what I would change. Just like that process would be different because that process has cost me over a million dollars. What can I do with that million dollars, Stephen A? That's right. Very, very, very last question. You say you ain't concerned about anybody in the West. Denver. Memphis, New Orleans seem to me to be viable reasons to be concerned, especially if you're still trying to get back to yourself pre-Jordan Poole stuff. What do you say to that? You still not worried about anybody in the West? No, because worrying about somebody in the West would mean like we get to our best, which I know we will that they can beat us at our best. And I, I don't think anybody can beat us at our best. Like, so I, I still feel like it's up to us. Like it's on us. 
and it being on us, mm. like, doesn't make them worry me. Because if we can't figure out what we need to figure out out, like, they're least important. Like, you have to figure out what you need to figure out to win a championship, not figure the other team out first. You got to have yourself figured out. So I know that if we figure out the things that we need to figure out, they're not going to beat us at our best. Now, mm. the Denver Nuggets look real, though. Adding KCP. Very real. Very, very yeah. underrated very move. Real. Like, very underrated move. Jamal Murray coming back into the fold. Yes. All right, yes. that, that changes things. Joker being Joker, obviously. But Aaron Gordon has been a totally different player since those playoffs last year. Totally different mm-hmm. player this year. Now, you still got to do that in the playoffs. But I think Aaron, Aaron, like a mixture of that, like KCP, uh, Jamal coming back. But Aaron Gordon has changed that team. Mm. So they, 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 they look real. But I still don't pick nobody to beat us. I got you. Draymond, man, real conversation, man. I really appreciate this, man. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for being a part of No Mercy. Thank you for opening up the way that you did. Um, Really, really appreciate it. And I hope that I know that a lot of people are going to learn a lot more uh, from you based on this conversation, my man. I appreciate you, and I wish you good luck as the season progresses. You know I'll see you soon. You know that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I appreciate you, my brother. Like I said, you know me, I'm never afraid to get guys their flowers when they do. You, my man, you need to put a goat right next to your K. That's what you are, my brother, and I appreciate you. I appreciate it. Everything you do from your mentorship to your brotherhood to even just being a friend, I can't thank you enough, bro. Absolutely. I really need not say any more. I'm just proud of the brother for standing up and owning what he did. I understand that he didn't have much of a choice, but... You got a choice to acknowledge what you did. You don't have an obligation to feel the level of contrition, empathy, and um, accountability for yourself that he has clearly been willing to accept. Here's the reality of the situation. The Golden State Warriors don't have a snowball's chance in hell of repeating the champions if Draymond Green doesn't become the leader he once was. And he's got no chance in hell of getting the lengthy contract he's coveting if he doesn't resemble the player that he once was in helping lead the Golden State Warriors to championships. In order for him to accomplish those goals, he's going to have to shove aside the obvious guilt that he feels and not be hesitant or reluctant in any way to express himself and to be the leader we all know him to be. That's what the Golden State Warriors need in order for him and the Warriors to be successful. The beauty is I think he knows it. And I think as the season progresses, we'll see a better version of Draymond Green and the Golden State Warriors than what we've seen the first three to four months of this season. We shall see. But I will say this. You'll never see me rooting against him. I can tell you that much. I'm proud of the brother. I really am. Not for what he did, but for how he's owned it. I think he's a better person, better man, better professional because of it. Let's hope the same can be said for the Warriors. We'll see. I'm going to get on out of here. Thanks again to Mr. Draymond Green himself. And make sure you listen to the Draymond Green podcast on volume. Does a great job with it. Remember, as I always tell y'all, I never fail to tell y'all this.
You don't have to know sports to know mercy. And in the case of Draymond Green, he knows sports and mercy. Because mercy, at least at one point in time or another, is certainly something one could reasonably surmise he coveted. Funny how the world works, isn't it? It's a beautiful thing. Till next time, everybody. Peace and love. This is Stephen A. Signing off. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcasts.